Hey folks, have you heard of turnkey properties? We've heard that term thrown around quite a bit. I'm not sure. I, I didn't really know what that meant for quite a long time. And maybe you don't either. But today's guest, Marsha Van Wart, is zooming in from beautiful Orangeville, Ontario. And she's got experience working with these kind of properties across the country. So Marsha, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. So before we talk about turnkey properties, tell us a little bit about you and your real estate investing adventure to date. What got you started? When did you get started? What sparked you in the first place? Sure. I got started about five years ago um, on looking for a property for my parents who needed a place to stay. So with uh, two of my brothers, we started looking for a place. We figured we'd buy something because they've been renting for years. Mm. So we found a house for them in Orangeville, Ontario, where we live, and um, decided to turn it into a duplex. So have income for them so that they could afford to live there. So we did that about five years ago. So so basically um, you created a house hack for your parents. Yeah, exactly. So you guys kind of came up with the down payment money for the property it was in your name. You did the renovations. And then did you have your parents on title or did you guys keep it in your own name? No, we have it in our own names because our idea was if we ever had to sell, we had some money to help them down the road with some care yeah. if ever needed. Very smart. So, that's yeah. So that's how we got into it. That's mm-hmm. really, really smart, Marcia. You're the first person I've talked to that's that's done that for their parents, but it just makes so much sense because... um. Yeah, you and your brothers had to come out of pocket to make it happen, but then you didn't have to subsidize for rent along the way because the rental suite covers most of the the mortgage, or that's that's the goal anyhow. Is that correct? Exactly. Good, good. Yeah. So did that kind of did you see the potential there and you decided, hey, we like this, let's do more? Oh yeah. From there (laughs) it was like, oh, this is fun. I think I want to do some more of these. So then actually I started looking in um Peterborough, I was looking for a student rental was sort of what I was looking for. Um, But my one brother was two chickens. So we never really pulled the trigger on that. And then COVID happened. And then I um, got involved with a bunch of real estate uh, online stuff. So then I started doing some more learning and I really wanted to get going at it. So I joined some stuff, met lots of people. And from there, that's when I then bought uh, my first turnkey property which was actually two units in calgary so they were a uh, a duplex or what was that it was um i guess a a duplex with uh, the purpose-built basement apartments in the bottom yeah okay so it was one half of a duplex with a secondary suite in the basement is that correct yeah and we bought two yeah you bought two of those so four rental units all together is that exactly yeah very nice that's that's moving up so okay for those folks that aren't familiar, especially our American friends, about how many miles away is Calgary from Orangeville, Ontario? Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. Like across the drive? country. <laughs> <laughs> Clear across the country. All right. So let's suffice it to say it's it's like the equivalent of going from, I don't know, New York to um somewhere close to California. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Quite a ways yeah. away. So what what dis, what sparked you to uh, jump into a small multifamily property so far away from home? I was looking close to home and I just wasn't finding anything that the numbers were working for me. And 
it just, it made sense. So when I started looking at this opportunity, it was a brand new build and cost wise, like it was just made so much more sense than what was available here. So it was going to be about a year that we had before it would be built and closed. Oh, I see. So it was kind of a pre-construction <clears throat> type thing or. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. And how, how long have you been running that property at this point? Um, two months, maybe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so it yeah, it was supposed now. to close this past August and it just closed this past May. So like everything, <laughs> right. Takes a lot longer than we anticipate and delays. Way longer. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully yeah. the price didn't go up on you too much though. No, no, we still were, uh, we stayed in at the price we bought it at, thankfully. So okay. didn't have any hikes there. So that was good. Interest well, rates went up. <laughs> yeah. What, what are you doing for property management? It came with a one year free property management. All right. So is it fully yeah. tenanted? It's fully up? tenanted. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, the day we closed, we had a tenant, one of the units already tenanted. Okay, very good. Now, did you do this all by yourself or were you working with one of your brothers or uh, this was with my two brothers? With both brothers. Okay. So yeah. three of you doing yeah. that. Okay, good. Us. So now now you got the property with your mom and dad in it, close to home. You've got a four unit property in Calgary, Alberta. What came next for you? After that, I bought a um a single family home in Fort St. John in BC. Uh -huh. And um, so I would have bought that in the November and it closed last February. So I've had that for over a year, a year and a bit now. Okay. So yeah. that's just like a regular house, no suite. Regular house with a purpose-built basement apartment again. Oh, it does have a suite. So yeah. It's a suite and it was a brand new build as well. Oh, really? Very nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So mm -hmm. another brand new one. So uh, did that one come with property management as well? That one did not. Mm -hmm. So my... Um, trying to remember who sorry someone helped me get that one tenanted and actually I had the same tenant in my upstairs and lower unit so I was property managing it for probably about a year uh -huh. and then um, when the tenant the upper tenant then just took the upper unit mm -hmm. and then I hired property management to help me get the lower uh, unit tenanted now was this a property that you did with your <laughs> brothers as well or did you fly so yes. yep. yeah okay yep. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. It sounds like you've got a good thing going with your with investing with your siblings. Mm -hmm. What have been some of your learning experiences around that, around working directly with family members? I've been very lucky with that because they're very hands off. <laughs> so they so let you're, me just you're the active one, and they just kind of let you do yeah. your thing. Is, is yeah, that correct? help with the down payments and stuff like that, and then just let me run with it. No, I guess you yeah. like it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, it's kind of a win-win. They probably like it that way too. Exactly. <laughs> they benefit from it and they don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> and have you, what have you kind of done for equity splits, you know, uh, profit shares, ownership amounts? How did you guys determine that? We have not really got into that quite yet. So they're pretty easy going in terms of like, we pretty much just own 33, 33, 33. Third, a third, a third. All yeah, right. yeah. Did you all put in a third of the money or did they put in more money and you're doing more? They more? put in some more, but I'm doing all the work. Okay. Well, yeah. that's pretty fair then. Right. So yeah. that's, that's a, that's a good deal. That's the right way to do it. Um, I would highly recommend Marcia that you do 
even though you're working with your your siblings, you do put together some sort of a joint venture agreement that really spells out exactly what the ownership percentages are, what the responsibilities are, who's going to make the decisions when the the rubber hits the road kind of thing. It's worth the few bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever it costs to get a lawyer to to do that for you, uh, even though it's working with family. I have one kind of in the works, so, but yeah, it's definitely needs to get done sooner than later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Are you planning on doing more of these kind of deals with your brothers? Um, Not yet. I still have to kind of convince them and show them some, some new opportunities. So nice. that's now where I've probably kind of got into the U.S. I'm interested in the U.S. So that's, I've now changed my focus over to buying in the States now. Very cool. And I understand you've got your first property on the go south of the border. Is that correct? I do. And that one also kind of came about just because of family. So my son goes to university in um, Boca Raton in Florida. Uh So he's been there for two years and I was looking for a place for him. So he was looking for a house. And when he was telling me the rents and everything else, I thought, oh, that's crazy. Let's (laughs) (laughs) let's find something and you guys can pay me rent. So that's right. Yeah. So, so you're going to buy, you bought the property for your son. He's living in one of the, how many bedrooms in the property? It's a four bedroom. They have Uh five guys who want to be living in there. So we're just trying to, so that one, I do have a partner with me on that one. So Uh someone who I've met through the real estate circles Hmm. and um, she owns it 50, 50 with me. And yeah, we've been down there a couple times getting it ready for the boys. They start school at the end of August. Very so cool. there was a bit of work that needed to be done on that one. Well, so hopefully, that's you my your, first... hopefully you got your son to help out with that. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> he's still at home. <laughs> yeah. Crack when the he's whip. there though, he's going to be doing he's, some he's stuff. He's going to be managing that. No, yeah. that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people that do that. They, they buy a property when their child goes to university let the let the kid house hack the thing basically live rent free or pretty close to it for three four five years and then either hold on to it after that as a student rental managing from afar or liquidate it if the if the market makes sense and and cash out so yeah lots of options there what do you what do you think you're going to do with that one honestly we were thinking of turning it into a short-term rental so it was actually a short-term rental so it uh, we bought it with all the furnishings. Nice. So, yeah. So hopefully when they're done with it, it needs some love and care. So a little bit of updates. And then when that's done, we're going to see what the area is like. And if it could accommodate a short-term rental, that's probably the step we're going to take. How old's your son and, and his buddies? Are they 19? 21. 21? Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't do too many updates just yet. <laughs> Not until they're done. <laughs> When they're all finished. I'm just remembering me at 21 in in (laughs) university. Yeah. Updates would have been a bad idea. Yeah. Right now the updates they're getting is a new roof and uh, new impact windows because it needed windows. So I'm like, okay, that'll keep them safe. (laughs) So with this deal in the States, you're doing this with a different joint venture partner, no longer a, a family member. Right. Another. So are you both kind of active investors in this deal or is one of you the, the, the money part and the other one, the active investor. Both active, both money and both active. So did you kind yeah. of both come up with half the money for the property or? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Very, very cool. Just out of personal curiosity, it's your son and four other guys that are going to be staying there. 
is your son going to be paying rent or is he going to be staying rent free? How's that going to work? No, he will be paying some rent. So yeah, we have a bit of a agreement that he's going to be paying a little bit, but she'll be getting that amount back every month towards her line of credit okay. instead of maybe me paying it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, I've, I've heard of people doing it a certain way where, because I imagine your son's going to be kind of responsible for exactly. managing the other tenants and stuff. So one thing I've heard other people do is they charge their kid the full rent and then pay him back a management fee. Mm. Right. And you got to kind of look at how that works out tax wise and whatnot, but it might keep things cleaner with your investor partner. If all of the kids are, are paying a rent and then there's a management expense there, because, because there is a management involved. Yeah. If you were to get an outside manager taking care of it, it'd probably be 10% of gross at least. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if that, that might. Yeah. That's a, it's a good option too. Yeah. We yeah, have nothing like, concrete yet. So exactly. Like it's yeah. good to kind of hash. It kind of keeps it cleaner. And then that way, if you're, uh, if your son doesn't hold up his end of the bargain, it's, there's no hard feelings and that sort of thing. He's because he is paying rent. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Cause I can, those are the kind of things that kind of can eventually sour an otherwise really good partnership is exactly when there's favoritism shown towards a person's mm -hmm. kid and you know all that and, and we want that in writing so yeah exactly. we're working on that as Again, well another another reason for a really good joint venture agreement yeah cool so you're doing all sorts of stuff there marcia what what are your yeah. plans and and goals for moving ahead real estate wise Moving ahead, actually, I've um, joined some programs in the States where I'm trying to learn to do some wholesaling. So I want to start getting into um, land and property wholesaling. So some homes and land. And um, I actually also just quit my job probably last month. Uh -huh. So I want to spend, I just want to focus on it. That's kind of where my interest lies. And that's what I'm really want to get dive deep into. So, so you want to do wholesaling, you want to do land flipping, very, very active strategies. I'm assuming yeah. that that's for creating job replacement income. Is, is exactly, exactly. And then long-term, are you planning to do more buy and hold as well? I would like to start looking for some homes that need some reno. So I would like to start getting into the whole buy some houses, renovate them, refinance, repeat, right? So, the so whole Uber, I, Uber idea. yeah. And yeah. doing those where? Down in the States? In or? Florida. Yeah, in Florida. still in Florida. Close to where That's your where son's like going to stay. Be yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And maybe get him on board. <laughs> well, yeah, we can never count on that. <laughs> I've got two. <laughs> I've got two kids in their twenties, right? So, yeah our, yeah, our our best laid plans for our kids don't always work out. <laughs> hey, are you open to an idea? Yes. Yeah. Because I get it, right? As and especially right now, if you quit your job and that's that can be scary kind of times, but one guy I know very, very well did something similar to what you want to do, because bottom line is you want to do the wholesaling and the, and the land flipping for active income, right? Yeah. The challenge with that is that's a whole business in and of itself, right? And, and the yeah. markets that you're going to be buying the land and, and doing the wholesaling might not be the same markets that you want to do your buy and hold in. Mm -hmm. 
So then now it's like, where do I find the time to do the burr deals and this stuff at the same time? So it, it, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying, here's a different idea, a different perspective for you. Yeah. My friend, what he did was he focused 100% on the buy and hold investing, all done with joint venture partners. So whether that's a burr or whether that's a, short-term rental or whether that's a student rent, whatever that looks like, right? But it's it's buy the property, bring on the joint venture partner. They put up all of the money. You manage, you find the deal, you manage the deal, you do all that stuff, just like you're doing with your with your brother with these, these right. properties, right? But here's the difference, Marsha. What he did that was brilliant is he included a deal initiation fee with every deal he did. And so, for example, he when he was focused on this full time, mm -hmm. um, he was buying condos and things like that, kind of smaller type properties, but he was averaging probably uh, on average, give or take one a month. Okay. And he was charged a $5,000 deal initiation fee. And that would be included for the joint venture partner in their equity in the in the property. So let's say for for easy numbers, you would need it hundred thousand dollars to do the deal. He would make the minimum investment one hundred and five thousand dollars. That would be the investor's equity in the property. And when all the smoke cleared upon refi or sale of the property, the mm -hmm. investor would get the one hundred and five thousand dollars back. But, and he explained this is all transparent, all upfront. He right. said, you know, in order for me to be able to find you these really good deals, I need to keep the lights on. I need to cover my mm -hmm. expenses. I need to create uh, a salary for myself. And the cash flow from these properties is, is good, but it's not going to be enough to pay myself a, a full-time income. So that's what he did. And that's how he is able to laser focus on doing exactly what his end game was and not being distracted by having to create active income through flipping or wholesaling or 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 what have you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's interesting. Anyhow, not not saying yeah. you have to do that. I'm just saying it might simplify things for you. Always open to ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Something to think about too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying, you know, if, if you're really keen to do the other stuff, great, go fill your boots, go for it. But there are other ways to uh, accomplish your goal that might get you there a lot faster. Um, now, when it comes to bringing on JV partners and, and raising capital, sounds like you've done really, really well with your brothers. Do they have really deep pockets? Are they going to be able to be your joint venture partners moving ahead? Or are you going to have to- no, Not for- yeah, I probably have to start looking elsewhere. So, <laughs> and and you yeah. do like the idea of working with passive investors versus two cooks in the kitchen trying to divvy things yeah, up. Yeah, it depends. It depends. I think it depends how well we jive, how a lot, how yeah. we get along. Like I know my other joint venture partner, we get along really well, so it works fine. Right. Um, but with my brothers, it also works with them just sitting in the back seat. And, yeah. Yeah. I would just out of my own experience, I would suggest that chances are moving ahead, you're probably going to be uh, happier 
with you being the one in charge and your JV partners being silent partners, right? Right. Especially if you're going to have more than one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what, what are your plans for bringing on more passive type investors? Have you, have you thought that through much yet? I have not gotten to that point yet, really. So it's more just trying to find another deal. So Ah. yeah, I haven't. Can I make you a recommendation, a suggestion? Yeah. Yeah. So it's always that question, right? Chicken and the egg, which comes first, the money or the Mm -hmm. deal? And the gurus say, find a good deal, the money will find you. No, that's, that's very, very dangerous. So what I would recommend for you, big broad strokes, Marsha, is that you really, you got a good track record already in a, in a short period of time. You're on a good roll here. So what you can do is leverage that and really connect with people who are in your existing network, right? You've already mm-hmm. tapped in with to your brothers, right? But expanding that a little bit more. So friends, family members, coworkers, past coworkers, business associates, mm-hmm. whatever, right? People that you have that pre-existing relationship with. Focus on them. The real estate investing groups are good, but they tend to be better for finding other active joint venture partners because everybody wants to get their fingers in, right? Yeah. Not so great for finding the passive partners, but your existing connections outside of the real estate world, they can be very, very good for that. And what we found over the last decade of doing this is most people in your position have access to somewhere between 1.5 and $3 million of investor capital from within their existing network already. It's just a matter of figuring out who's got it and how to present what you're doing in a way that's enticing for them. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah. Step number one is figure out, create that target group of your ideal prospective investors, get them all in one place, Break the ice with them first before we start pitching deals. Don't run in like a an Amway salesperson, right? Just <laughs> yeah. have a classy connection. And then what we do is we edutain them. We we don't try to overwhelm them with real estate education because you've taken a ton of it. You know a ton of stuff. And I don't know. Have you ever had a real estate conversation with somebody who's not into it? Yeah. Yeah. The eyes glaze over and they're looking for a way to get away. We don't want to do that, but we want to create curiosity and get them to reach out to us. And then we can start that conversation. So instead of us chasing people for money, let's create Mm -hmm. curiosity, get them to put up their hand and then show them what we're doing and get them engaged that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So it's more just getting out on my own, like even Facebook and all that stuff, personally getting some of that information, start putting it out there so that. Yeah. Start, start documenting your journey. Be very careful with social media. And I know Mm -hmm. every, lots of people are doing it. They're soliciting for JV partners and deals and stuff like that, but that's dangerous, right? That's more just what you're doing. Yeah. It's more just documenting what you're doing, showing, Hey, I'm going back down to Florida. Yes. You know, watch swinging the hammer, getting your kid to do stuff, whatever, right? Document all of that kind of stuff. Talk about the property in Fort St. John, the four units and in, in show people that you're actively doing stuff, right? That'll, right. That'll help create the 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 curiosity. But there are yeah, other much more proactive ways to go about it as well. That's that's good. 
But when you, when you create that target group of your prospective investors, and then you market to them in the okay. right way, that's how you can start bringing on joint venture partners very, very quickly. Okay. But yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Marsha, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished in a really quite a short period of time. Uh, hats off to you for quitting the job and looking at real estate investing as a full-time gig. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I know I've been there, done that. Remember the nerves, <laughs> the, yeah. the, the chewed yeah. fingernails. So uh, that's, that is wonderful. And I think you're going to see some, some great success when you dial into uh, bringing on passive joint venture partners for your deals. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Not so, going. Hey, if, if if our listeners, if somebody wants to connect with you, if you, ha- if you only had one way for somebody to connect with you, what is the best way? Probably email. So okay. yeah, just to, uh, what, what's your M- email address? If you're, if you want to give it out. Yeah, I don't know if you yeah that's fine. M van war at hotmail.com. So M V A N W A R T at hotmail.com. Yeah. It's that easy. All right. You've had it's that email easy. for a while, haven't you? I have. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Marsha. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun. And hey, I, as I understand it, this is your very first podcast interview. Is that correct? It is. Very first. Congratulations. I appreciate uh, this show being your first show being on. Was it as scary as you thought it was going to be? No. No, No. super easy. Great conversation. I thought it was a fantastic conversation. All right. Thank you, Marsha and everybody else. Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.